0: productivity is great. Prioritizing it above your health and relationship isn't. If you're finding yourself constantly busy, stressed, and unable to turn off, you are definitely not alone. This toxic mindset can be so difficult to spot because overwork is often casted in a positive light. Fortunately, once you do recognize it, you can take some concrete steps to shift away from toxic productivity and reclaim your life. Let's dive into this episode and learn how to get crap done without burning out. Welcome to The Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Welcome back to the show everyone. We are diving into productivity and how it can definitely become very toxic. Workaholism or quote unquote, going the extra mile, no matter the cost to your well-being, both physical and mental, along with the missed social events or ignoring your own sleep, exercise, health. It's like this work is always on, always available hustle culture has resulted in many of us living through toxic, toxic productivity. And taking this into our motherhood, who I know is also a big part of this audience, you may be dealing with overpacked schedules with your family and the rat race is saying yes too much and overcommitting yourself and your children to things that just feel like socially is what's supposed to take place or In this time of life. And it's so easy for all of us to have this toxic productivity mindset. Toxic productivity is defined as overworking at the expense of other facets in your life. It's a mindset that manifests as the need to constantly do. You may feel that you can't rest or take any downtime. And when you're forced to, you can't turn your mind off and enjoy it. You're too busy worrying about what else you should be doing. And that is the part that always gets me because I am not someone who can just easily sit and rest. What happens to me is I go, 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 and then I crash for like multiple days. And it's That's a very toxic cycle. So what I've tried to coach myself into doing is to really build out the things that I love that make me who I am into my daily life. Therefore, I'm filling up while I'm emptying out like this proverbial glass, empty, half full type of thing. And if you're constantly pouring, we all know you can't do that for so long. As remote work has become more common, the boundaries between work and life have become so blurred and many home workers feel they must prove that they are working. So they're on even more and this can make it so much harder to put aside the job and focus on yourself and have that Work life balance. I know for just my husband's sake, who has a corporate job, very demanding, when they had to go remote, obviously there's pluses to working remotely. You know, you're not, you have a little bit more at the start of your day, more time at the start of your day because you're not having to leave and get there. You also can get by with not having to get fully ready for the day. So there's like, you know, small pluses. But honestly, he felt so overwhelmed too because it is that concept of, well, now you've got to prove that you're working harder because everyone knows that everyone's at home. So it's like if you're not on, oh, what are you doing? Sitting down and watching TV for a minute, right? And so the hours ended up becoming longer and the pressure to continually outperform on another is this silent challenge and competition going on. So while productivity can be wonderful, it's detriment to relationships or your well-being is not. When getting things done becomes more important than getting adequate sleep or making your daughter's piano recital, it definitely becomes a problem. Research shows that it has that it can have a significant impact on work and family conflict and mental health and burnout commonly results from this toxic mindset. I have an entire episode devoted to burnout along the same vein, but it really is pulling out this component of what is productivity and what is really not productive because the opportunity cost is outweighing the benefits from quote unquote, being super productive. So rest is essential for true productivity. And the quality of your output suffers when you're never building out those times to replenish, like I said, pouring from that empty cup. And can you produce something valuable when you're running on fumes? And we all know we can't. And at a certain point, you just have nothing left to give. And I hear on uh, TikTok, there's like this little trendy phrase, like I'm having a minty bee. Meaning a mental breakdown, and while it's meant to kind of have a lighthearted take, and I feel like there's always a place to be lighthearted sometimes about serious things because it's a coping mechanism. But the I think joke around it is just so sinister and sad because breaking down and having mental health issues is a is an epidemic in our society, and we're seeing it play out in so many different manners and ways, and everyone's just kind of accepting like, oh, this is normal. I'm having a minty bee today, and. And I get the concept of what they're saying, but it's also sad to see people just so overwhelmed with life and truly having breakdowns and truly feeling alone and lonely and like they're silently suffering with all of these feelings of just overwhelm and unhappiness. In today's fast-paced world, the, the pressure to be productive is constant. However, when productivity becomes toxic, it leads to the burnout, anxiety, and all these unhealthy obsessions with all these achievements, usually tied to numeric value. And as a Christian life coach, I believe it's so essential to approach productivity from a biblical perspective. And that's really what I want to explore with this episode and the concept of toxic productivity and really kind of narrow it down to five tips because I like having lists and being able to remember things easily. So I've kind of narrowed it down to five tips to help us overcome this toxic productivity and draw on wisdom from the scriptures to help us remember to remain focused on our true purpose here. So let's jump into these five tips to overcome toxic productivity. Number one, focus on what's important, not just what's urgent. It's way too easy to go through the day being pulled from fire to fire, urgent tasks to urgent task, And moms with little kids, oh my goodness, you know, and corporate gals and people who own their own businesses, whatever type of work you do inside or outside the home, there's like because we are constantly in contact with each other, i.e., phones and email and all this stuff, your day is getting interrupted constantly with other people's problems and other people's issues. So, in the rush to get everything done, we end up focusing only on other people's priorities and forget about our own. And even worse, it can feel like there's nothing you can do about it. You're just trying to like put out this fire, answer this question, get, you know, get back to this person. So, to combat this, try reframing your to do list so that what's important is not always the same as what's urgent. One great way to do this is this matrix is is called the Eisenhower matrix. And it's just a way to help you compartmentalize your to do list. And you basically have four quadrants of buckets, if you call them for your task. The first one is urgent and important, not urgent, but important, urgent, but not important and neither or urgent nor important. So the, the first quadrant, urgent and important, is clearly your top priority. After that, make time each day for something from quadrant two, which would be not urgent, but important. Three and four should be avoided until you've got the important things done. Because what that helps you do is you are really taking and making progress on the things that truly will impact your day to day life, because they're things that need to get done, you've set an importance on them for a reason. So it might be a deadline you have for work, and you keep having to put off your own responsibilities, because you're answering all these fires. And so what's going to happen is you're going to be burnt out from putting out all these fires. And then when it's really time that you have to get your deadline met, you are going to be so burnt out, so overwhelmed, so anxious because now the buck stops with you and you're in a bad situation because you haven't been able to get to it. This Eisenhower matrix really helps ensure that you're making progress on things that are meaningful to you and your life, either personally and professionally. And like one way I think about it is read through the scriptures and learn about Jesus's life. He truly is present in what he's doing. And when he has a purpose and a mission, he is on his way to do that he doesn't take away from it like when lazarus lazarus died his best friend um, he was a couple days away traveling wise to get to lazarus family and where he is and he he stayed where he was to finish out his quote-unquote you know his job there what he was doing was important and he needed to focus on that he couldn't just immediately go and deal with this situation with Lazarus. And so um, there's so many moments also when you see God really putting an emphasis on our time, our priority, Sabbath, like all these things really matter. And we're going to keep getting into that. So let me go on to number two. Number two is practice practice healthy detachment. So this might be a new term in your vocabulary. However, it's also one of the most powerful things you can do to break free from this toxic mindset and avoid the burnout. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus instructs his followers to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Toxic productivity often leads us to prioritize worldly success over our relationships with God. And as Christian believers, our primary primary focus should be on aligning our goals and actions with God's will. Begin each day by seeking God through prayer and studying his word and allowing his wisdom and guidance to shape your priority and actions for that day. Trust that as you seek God first, he's going to provide your needs, your replenishment, your wisdom, your understanding so that you can approach your day with a biblical purpose, which helps lead your disposition for the day and know that your job, your motherhood, your whatever role is not your sole, identity. You are first God's child. Uh, There's a phrase coined by Laurie Rudiman called professional detachments. And this is like in the working world. And it's defined as an understanding that your role at work is not the core of your identity. So Matthew 633 is Jesus is saying this like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because from that understanding, you know that all hell can be breaking loose at work. But it doesn't define you as a failure or you falling, you know, falling short or whatever. That is a part of your life. It is not your it- entire identity. And we see this playing out in so many different areas of life today, just with even politics. People's entire identity in this society that we're navigating through right now is their is there politics in some circumstances, people's entire identity. They've created politics as their religion. They literally cannot see anything a part of their life apart from that, right? Everything they do in life is through the lens of their political affiliation or whatever they're aligning themselves with. And it's creating such divisiveness because it's number one, not rooted in Christ. And number two, it is creating your we're nuanced people, like God made us that way, right? And so when you're putting all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, you are very unbalanced. And so the way that we understand that there should be this healthy detachment from certain things is you start by understanding that you're not your job, your career is just a part of your life, your motherhood is just a part of your life. If you miss the mark on something at work, it's not reflecting your worth as an entire person. And the only thing that's gonna give you a lot of foundation in that and strength and confidence is the word of God and knowing God and having a relationship with him. Because when I am drawing near to God, there's not much that can shake my disposition. There's not much that can shake my confidence, my Ability to reason, and so what we find is when you're unbalanced, your ability to make decisions goes way down, um, and a lot of it has to do with like just normal mental health, and then also just the stress that your body endures from stress and this overachieving perspective, this toxic mindset truly impacts your hormones It impacts your physical health. And so such a myriad of issues, symptoms, so to speak, come out into the open when we are living unbalanced. And so it's very important that we work on being a well-rounded person. And the first like building block, the, the cornerstone, the main start of any strong foundation is for us as believers, our faith in God. And the only way we can have that is to have a relationship with God and know what his word says, know Know what the truth is of who God says we are in Him, what our actual identity is. So, number three is schedule time to do nothing. So, it's kind of going off on a tangent on number one, starting to talk about rest and all that stuff. So, take some time each day. And if that's not possible, definitely each week to shut off completely. Here are some ideas that you can do daily. You can go for a walk with no destination in mind. You can Have meditative prayer, sit and just pray and meditate on God, a a specific verse, lie in the grass and watch the clouds go by, go bird watching. These activities are purposefully unproductive. You're not only doing them for their own sake, rather than to achieve some larger goal. Over time you can counteract the constant need to be productive by giving your your body stillness. And it's not it's not that it's really unproductive, but it's unproductive in our thinking of it and what we've defined as productive in our society. But that's It's productive because just like God tells us, we must rest, we must replenish our soul. It's because that is the only way with which we can healthfully go forward in life. We have to take care of ourselves. So daily, you can have these little practices. I mean, even if it's just like the other day, For example, I'm so used to having a podcast on, listening to an audible book, um, playing music when the kids are in the car. Like there's always noise in the car. And I had a longer ride. It was probably like 30 minutes. I was going to a doctor's appointment. I literally rode in silence. (laughs) And it was so funny because when I got there, like when I went to park, I was like so relaxed and I was just sitting there thinking in the waiting room. I was like, gosh, I'm so relaxed. I was like, I didn't listen to anything on the way here. Like I was, it was just so quiet. And that was so refreshing. Like I noticed that it was quiet because like it never is. And as a mom, like you're probably laughing because it's literally never quiet but my body needed that. Like I could notice a true difference in my demeanor and like just my attitude and my the feeling I had inside. I was just a lot more relaxed. So little things. Little things can make a big impact when you're being purposeful about it. So weekly, obviously, embracing Sabbath and embracing embracing a day of rest. Toxic productivity often neglects the importance of that rejuvenation. And the Bible emphasizes the significance of Sabbath rest, a dedicated day to rest and worship. And in Exodus 28 through 11, God commands his people to observe the Sabbath, recognizing that they need physical and spiritual rejuvenation by setting aside time for rest. We honor God and acknowledge our dependence on him. Incorporate this intentional rest into your schedule. Prioritize that time for worship and reflection and relaxation. And remember Jesus's words in Mark 2, 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man Made for Sabbath. The unplugging part is the key. Turning off your phone, closing your laptop, laptop, taking off your smartwatch, so you're not constantly notified. The lack of interruptions help you helps you become more mindful, more focused, and more present and aware. And your day is just way less jarring. You are able to practice not being quote unquote on. And once you get used to, to having this time, you're not going to want to go back. I know one small thing for me, being someone like a podcast host, a life coach, someone that's on the socials, and um, I'm always doing creating content, right? And my mind is on that all week, like being aware of that and like creating content to share with people to, you know, give them life coaching advice. But I really do take take off on the weekend. Like I might post a couple things. And normally, it's just like a funny like share like, Oh my gosh, this is so cute. Watch my you know, watch my kid do this. Or maybe I read something. And I thought it was just really kind of eye opening. And I might share that. But really, I take the weekend off from social media, I'm not posting. And when I come back on Monday, I feel like I have so much to share. I'm energized to pour into, quote unquote, my audience, whoever the two people that might be. And I am I feel excited about sharing, excited about pouring into others because I've replenished. Also, just I know like naturally it's interesting because like naturally on Sundays, I am exhausted. So like coming back home from church and just like vegging the rest of the day is normal. And I think it's because even if I'm not being intentional, like, oh, today is my Sabbath. Today I'm resting. Naturally, my body is done on day seven. And I think God created that for a reason. (laughs) Okay, so number four, I think I drove that home, you've got to have rest, be intentional about rest. Put quote unquote unproductive times into your daily schedule and weekly. You need to have things that you unplug from, whether it's not answering emails for the day, whatever it might be. Number four, set clear boundaries between work time and personal time. So you've got to work at restoring work life balance by picking a point of separation from work time to private time and really sticking to it. Maybe it's a time on the clock, maybe it's when your kids get home, maybe it's the start of an evening class at the gym, whatever it might be. There should be like a defining moment where that part of your day turns off, and this part of your day turns on. So what should you do instead? You should spend time with your family, practice a new hobby, Get some extra sleep. Come back to work refreshed and rejuvenated rather than just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. You're not really contributing quality work at that point. So toxic productivity often leads to this unbalance where work is dominating. And I use work and I am I wanna emphasize, like I'm using work interchangeably. Like if you're a stay-at-home mom, your work, you know what your work is. You might be staying at home, but people get paid bukus of money to take care of children all day and to, to do all the responsibilities. I don't have to go into that. But work is whatever you are having to expend from yourself for the sake of your lifestyles, whether it's you're the primary caretaker of your kids, you're working out of the home, you're working in the home, you're doing both. Listen, I'm doing that. I'm a working from home mom. It's insane. And I'm the prime care prime. I'm a wham and a Sam, whatever. (laughs) So um, where work dominates every aspect, like it's so depressing, honestly. And Ecclesiastes 3.1, it reminds us for everything there is a a season and a time for every matter under heaven. God created seasons in life, including seasons of work, rest and leisure. You've got to strive for balance. No one's going to hand it to you. People are always going to want to take. People are always going to want you to work more for them. Answer that email, you know, take your kid to do that, all this stuff. People are always going to want more from you. It's your job to have enough mental strength and fortitude to put in boundaries in place that are intentional, that are life giving to you. And, Ultimately, that's life-giving to your family. Allocate the time for your hobbies and self-care and recreation. Remember that true success encompasses all parts of your life, not just one set of achievements. So moving on to step five is value relationships. And this naturally kind of comes on the hills of this because toxic productivity can really neglect cause you to neglect relationships. Prioritizing tasks over people is a recipe for disaster. The Bible emphasizes the importance of loving and serving others. And in Mark 12, 31, Jesus instructs uh, instructs us to love your neighbor as yourself. It is one of the highest calling Disciples ask Jesus, "What is our purpose? Like, what is the most high thing that you do? You can do." And his answer is, "Love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself." Like that is literally it. And you notice he says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." So that includes you've got to love yourself. You love God above all else. You love your neighbor and you take care of yourself. So you've got to make time for meaningful connections with your loved ones, your friends, your colleagues. You're supposed to be part of the community. So nurturing relationships, showing kindness, empathy, compassion, being there, answering the call for the mill train, whatever it might be, those are parts of life that are valuable and they feed your soul. So remember that people are of greater value than any achievement you can have, any tangible asset you can have. Your only legacy is how you leave People. Let that hit home. Your only legacy is how you leave people that you've been in contact with your life. No one's going to give a rip about your house. No one's going to care what car you drove. No one's going to care how much cash is in your bank. No one's going to care about what your clothes look like. No one's going to care about any of that. How you made them feel, what you taught them, the wisdom you gave them, the the time you spent with them, the love you shared, the empathy you um, pressed upon them, the compassion you gave them—that is your legacy. And as a parent, that is what you're teaching your kids. Think about how you want your grandchildren to act in this world. That is your legacy. People are taught how to be in this world. People are taught how to nurture. As Christians, we are taught how to be the light. We are taught how to be believers, how to be in this world, not of it, but in it. If you're not in this world, you are doing a grave disservice to the Lord because you're meant to be in action. You're meant to be in, in community with people that are around us. And that is because the greatest impact anything can have on your life, number one is the Lord. And number two is your connections with other human beings. Your calendar is probably crammed with meetings and appointments and all this stuff, they say on average, people have 62 things a month, like between meetings, appointments, like obligations. They have 62 a month. That is a lot. And so folks are trying to squeeze their actual work into just a few hours. Because think about it, if you have 62 appointments, you're having to work outside of those 62 obligations. You're having to live your life out of those thing, outside of those things. And we have to leave work and, and pack in this personal life. So if you're a mom or work in your life and you're, and you're working outside the home and you're a parent and you have kids and you have to work. I mean, everybody has to work. Come on now. I'm not I'm not suggesting we don't work. Um, We have to live live correct. Um, But you have to figure out that like, you can't be what I would what I talk about is like straddling the fence. So most of us are trying to do more than one thing at once. And I know moms are super guilty of this. um, Because It's just inherent. Moms are taking on the majority of the the brunt of the family activities, the family schedule, the pull, push, and pull. And that's not a rule. There are exceptions to that. My husband is very involved, very hands-on, very helpful. But even he will admit that the majority of that kind of stuff still falls on my shoulders. He will be there to help me, and you know, heck, sometimes he's he's reminding me of things. But by and large, it falls on me. And I would say, for most parts, there's one one partner one parent that is doing that more than the other one okay it's just natural so if you are the one that is is that primary person you are probably constantly straddling the fence you're here at work but you're thinking about oh my gosh I gotta you know go pick this up after after work to have for Johnny to take to school tomorrow I've got to make sure that I've called the teacher and responded to that email they sent earlier like you're constantly straddling the fence and so in order to take care of that you've got to value your time you've got to value um, what you're signing up for so you have to know that like you are in control of saying yes you don't have to say yes to everything just because everyone else at school is is signing up for this or it seems like the natural flow well now my kid's this old he needs to start playing sports your kids might not like sports right um, try things out but don't overcommit yourself to doing things that takes away from other things that should be priority. Relationships are a huge one. So having intentional focus on what's most important to you has to make a regular appearance in your schedule. So that includes your friends, your family, your neighborhood, your church. And I often ask myself, if I'm not being in my life, then what is all this for? Like we can work and work and work, but if we're not being in our life, like actually living in it and experiencing all the fruits of our quote unquote labor, we're not really living life. So, we need to ask ourselves that question often so that we can get in step with what truly does absolutely matter and will ultimately make the biggest impact on our life and and our health, and teaching our kids, if you have kids, what they need to focus on. Overcoming toxic productivity is essential for our spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being. By embracing biblical principles, we can find a healthy balance between productivity and rest and align our goals with God's kingdom, cultivate the contentment we've been dreaming of, valuing our relationships, and seeking balance in our life. So I hope these tips have given you something to guide you on your journey towards a more fulfilling and purposeful life rooted in God's wisdom and grace. And I just want to encourage you guys to get plugged into our free Facebook community. It's called The Bold Insiders. You can go to boldpearls.com forward slash insiders to get into that Facebook community. And I also want you to check out a Calibrate Your Compass e-course that I have. It's super affordable. It's a self-paced course that will take you through how to basically get a jump start on getting you back to where you have more margin in your day, kind of reshaping your mindset and also helping you get your physical space like your house in order. Um, There's checklists and helpful tools to help you get back to a baseline so that you can build healthy routines and healthy habits so you can have this intentional daily life that helps stave off this toxic productivity, helps you have a lot more confidence and confidence and um, motivation for your day-to-day life because you are implementing things that are valuable to you that make you your life uniquely yours and gives you the margin to pursue things that God is calling you to do and having the bandwidth to handle that. So this course is going to help you get started so that you can have that bandwidth and you can have the extra mental capacity and time capacity to make the life that you want and really setting these good boundaries. And so it kind of walks you through all these different ways with your mindset your physical health, your physical home, and just great tips and uh, implementations you can use to help you get back to square one. So you can follow the link in the show notes for that. It's called Calibrate Your Compass. And it's a great cheap course that you have lifetime access to. So go check that out in the show notes. Um, and if you use the code Dear Emily, for a short time, there's going to be a heavy discount on this course. And you can grab it super duper cheap. Go check that out. I look forward to you comments on today's show. I would love for you guys to just leave a comment, share it on your socials. That helps get the show out there. And it means so much to me to know there's people out there that are getting help from these shows and it helps promote it. So I thank you so much for your time today. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Go live with bold intention, everyone. Bye for now.